Hello all, your host Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and welcome to another episode of Strange Places. What we're going to be looking at today is uh, one that kind of hits close to my heart. <laughs> uh, one that I, um, I I seem to, I, I just enjoy quite a bit. One that I um, have often pondered. <laughs> and one that I've kind of flip-flopped on. But um, after really doing my research and really honing in on this one. Because like we do on Strange Places, you know, I... Um, we go through the facts, we go through the facts of the case and whatever, and then, you know, we, uh, at the end of it, I kind of give you my common sense opinion, which I hold to this, that uh, common sense <laughs> uh, study is not widely used in the field of the paranormal and strange anymore, because we want to believe. We really, really want to. And sometimes that overrides... <laughs> our uh, ability to look at things with some common sense. And there's been a couple things on the show already that we've more or less debunked, at least in my mind. Is this one of them? I don't know. Let's find out. What we're looking at is the uh, case of Robert Johnson, the legendary blues guitarist, singer, and songwriter. His uh, landmark recordings in 1936 and 37 display a combination of singing, guitar skills, and songwriting talent that has influenced later generations of musicians. He's now recognized as a master of the blues and <clears throat> what a lot of people believe to be the greatest guitar player of all time. As a traveling performer who played mostly on street corners, juke joints, Saturday night dances, Johnson had little commercial success or public recognition in his lifetime. He participated in only two recording sessions, one in San Antonio in 1936, one in Dallas in 1937 that produced 29 songs with 13 surviving alternate takes recorded by famed Country Music Hall of Fame producer Don Law. These songs recorded at a pretty low fidelity even at the time in an improvised studio were the totality of his recorded output. Uh, most were released as a 10-inch, you know, 78 RPM single uh, from 37 to 38, with a few released after his death. Other than these recordings, very little is known of this guy during his life outside of the small musical circuit in the Mississippi Delta, where he spent most of his life. Much of his story has been reconstructed after his death by researchers. His poorly documented life and death have gotten given rise to a lot of legend. The reason why we're tackling him on strange places today, Robert Johnson and the Mississippi Delta, the one most closely associated with his life, as far as legend, is that he sold his soul to the devil at a local crossroads to achieve musical success. And I think you're going to be kind of surprised at my um, <laughs> takeaway from this one. <clears throat> his music had a small but influential following during his life in the two decades after his death. In late 38, John Hammond sought him out for a concert at Carnegie Hall, only to discover that he was dead. Brunswick Records, which owned the original recordings, was bought by Columbia, where Hammond was employed. Uh, musicologist Alan Lomax went to Mississippi in 41 to record Johnson, also not knowing that he died. Uh, Law, who by then worked for Columbia Records, assembled a collection of Johnson's recordings entitled King of the Delta Blues Singers that was released by Columbia in 61. It is widely credited for finally bringing Johnson's work to a wider audience. Otherwise, probably would have been forgotten by history, but... If the deal was true, that wasn't the end of the bargain. <laughs> the album would be 
influential to say the least, especially in the British blues movement. You know, um, he's been noted as one of the greatest, if not the greatest guitar player of all time. Eric Clapton has called Johnson the most, most important blues singer that ever lived. Uh, musicians such as Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, Robert Plant, they've all said Johnson's lyrics and musicianship is uh, key influences on their own work. Many of Johnson's songs have been covered over the years, obviously, uh, becoming hits for other artists. His guitar licks and lyrics have been borrowed by many a later musician. Uh, renewed <clears throat> interest in Johnson's work and life led to a burst of scholarship dating around the 60s. Most of what's known about him was reconstructed by uh, researchers, especially in the 2019 uh, award-winning biography, Johnson, Up Jumped the Devil, The Real Story of Robert Johnson, which I suggest you read. It's fascinating. Uh, a lot of films were made about this guy <clears throat> and um, Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, he, was, uh, he was a rambler man, and his death was pretty mysterious. But what we're going to focus solely on and we'll touch on the death thing you know the circumstances of his death but we're going to touch on uh mostly the reason for this episode is the the devil legend now he uh now according to legend as a young man living on a plantation in rural mississippi mississippi johnson had a tremendous desire to become a great blues musician one of the legends often uh told says johnson was instructed to take his guitar to a crossroad near dockery plantation at midnight there are claims for at least a dozen other sites as the location of the crossroads. But uh, there he was met by a large black man, the devil, who took the guitar and tuned it. The devil played a few songs and then returned the guitar to Johnson, giving him mastery of the instrument. The story has a deal with the devil at the crossroads. It mirrors, it's very Faustian. <laughs> In exchange for his soul, Johnson was able to create the blues for which he became famous, which in turn led to everything. You know, rockabilly, rock and roll, heavy metal, all of it. Uh, the legend was developed over time and uh, <clears throat> was chronicled by a few people who see the legend as largely dating from Johnson's rediscovery by white fans more than two decades after his death. And the guy being so damn talented, it had to come from the devil, right? And a similar uh, story was told about another blues player at the time, Tommy Johnson. So stories like this were floating around. You know, with guys that had just the supreme level of talent. Why does Robert Johnson, why do we uh, attach the devil legend more to him? Well, it's because he, uh, Johnson received this gift from a large black man at the crossroads, the devil himself, as or so he said. Um, there's a lot of versions of this, but the, the core of it stays the same. Now, what we do know for a fact is that people who were around at the time that were uh, old men, <laughs> by the time that the legend resurfaced and Robert Johnson became the huge success that he was, because he never saw it in life, there were people that said um, he was a terrible guitar player, <laughs> that he was a decent harmonica player, but he would, uh, and this is confirmed, he would get booed off the stage. <laughs> They would tell him, man, one of the things, a direct quote was, hey, shut that boy up. He's making a hell of a racket. He's uh, now considered a master, master of the blues, particularly the Delta Blues style. There's a funny story. There was a, a time when someone, I believe it was Eric Clapton, actually. I'll have to look into this. But um, 
was playing one of Robert. You got to hear this guy, you know, Robert Johnson and play it for Keith Richards. You got to hear this guy, you know, Keith Richards. Uh, I was like, all right, let's listen to it. And the whole time they're listening to Robert Johnson's music, Keith Richards going, okay. He was kind of nodding his head and he turns around and he says, uh, this is from Keith Richards mouth. He said, who's the other guitar player? And I think it was Eric Clapton with him. Old boy said, uh, no, 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 there's, there's just one guitar player. And Keith Richards is like, no, 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 seriously, who's the other guitar player? And he's like, no, that's one guy. And Keith Richards said something that I can personally attest to. Is that, see, we need to put this into context. He was a terrible guitar player. <laughs> um, oh, I found out it was actually uh, Brian Jones that was with Keith, Keith Richards. He thought he was hearing two guitars. Um, Robert Johnson was an orchestra all by himself. And that what that's what Keith Richards says. Um, what makes it fascinating is that he left for a little while. I think it was like two years he left. The Mississippi Delta doing his rambling man thing, you know, playing anywhere he can, any juke joint, whatever, comes back. And uh, what was a terrible guitar player came back a master. And I'm here to tell you, I've met some virtuosos in my life. I've met some prodigies in my life. I'm a musician myself. I've been playing the drums for over 20 years. I've been playing the guitar for not that long. <laughs> but I've won numerous awards as a drummer. I'm I'm not tooting my horn here. But, you know, I've been playing for 20-something years. I know what the fuck I'm doing, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have some um, accolades to back that up that I'm... I, I guess I'm a good drummer. <laughs> Other people seem to think so. People have given me awards because of it, so I guess I am. But I'm here to tell you something. You cannot master an instrument in two years. And that word, mastery, it's not just coming from scholars and historians. This is coming from other musicians, guys who are legends in their own right. Brian Jones, Eric Clapton, Robert Plant, Keith Richards. They're saying that this guy... Eddie Van Halen said the same thing. This guy was a master. They should fucking know. If I would, if if I wanted to ask somebody who was a master at a at the guitar, the number one guy I'd probably speak to is Eddie Van Halen. Is this guy a master or no? <laughs> and he says yes. So we know for a fact that Robert Johnson was not all that good. <laughs> Came back within a two year span, a master. As I sit here, I'm telling you that is impossible. When a musician says that they've mastered something. That means there's nothing more to learn. That means that you have complete and utter control mastery. Whereas if Robert Johnson hopped in a time machine and heard erupt, mastery means to a musician, if Robert Johnson hopped in a time machine and heard Eddie Van Halen play eruption, he could play it because he had complete mastery of those notes. He didn't have to think about it. That's what mastery to a musician means. And I'm telling you, in that span of time, becoming a master at a instrument in that amount of time is impossible. I'm straight up telling you it's impossible. And I've met some prodigies <laughs> in my life. His guitar technique was revolutionary. And it doesn't take a musician to see that. But asking musicians who are very well versed in the guitar, they'll tell you. Um, it's led a lot of contemporary critics assessing his talents through the handful of old recordings available to rate him 
probably the greatest guitar player of all time. And that's what makes the legend strange to me, is that even though a lot of it was uh, tied to another blues guy at the time, Robert Johnson is the one we always talk about. And it was probably a go-to thing, you know, back then, when guys just had just sick amounts of talent. And they couldn't explain it. That guy's got to be possessed. (laughs) Same thing that they said about Paganini, the uh, violin player of, uh, you know, the old classical days. His, uh, and he, I think Paganini uh, played it up quite a bit. He was an odd looking guy and he had that mystique about him. And just like, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson or Ozzy Osbourne, right? He's going to dress in all black. He's going to look as gaunt as possible. He's going to distort his face and use this fucking, like, super long spidery fingers and freak people out. It drew the crowds. And Paganini knew that. Um, but discerning whether or not somebody actually made a deal with the devil, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> that we cannot prove. And I'm not setting out to do that. All I'm telling you is that... I believe that Robert Johnson, knowing for a fact, and we can prove this, that he was not a good guitar player, (laughs) comes back within a two-year span, a master. I'm telling you, that's impossible. And that freaks me out. Because you ask any guitar player, in that amount of time, no fucking way. And this guy is known as one of the greatest possibly the greatest guitar player of all time. No major degree of success in his life. And just like uh, you would expect in a pact with the devil, you know, he only becomes successful uh, after his death, which is very Faustian to me. I don't know if Robert Johnson made a deal with the devil because a lot of things about him are pure legend. There's a lot of stories about him and, you know, from the believable to, okay, that's definitely bullshit. (laughs) There's even stories about Robert Johnson's death, which we don't know exactly how he died. Everything ranging from syphilis to being uh, poisoned by a jealous boyfriend or husband because Robert Johnson loved the ladies, didn't care if they were attached or not. (laughs) He was, uh, you know, like I said, he was a rambler. He was a good-looking guy, and he loved the ladies. And that may have gotten him into trouble. That's what may have got him dead. And there's stories that he was crawling around on all fours. He was uh, barking like a dog, screaming at things that weren't there. That, uh, you, you you can't really hold that with any kind of validity. Because, you know, I mean, he died August 16th, 1938. He was only 27 near Greenwood, Mississippi. Unknown causes is official. His death was not reported publicly at first. He merely disappeared from the historical record. It wasn't until almost 30 years later when Gail Dean, uh, what's her name, Gail Dean Wardlow, Mississippi-based, you know, musicologist, uh, found his death certificate, which listed only the date and location, no cause. The formal autopsy was done. Instead, a pro forma examination was done. Uh, to file the death certificate, no immediate cause of death was determined. It's likely he had contracted syphilis, and which would explain a lot of, if it happened, a lot of the strange behavior, you know, because uh, syphilis has that effect on you if it's untreated for so long. Uh, several differing accounts described events preceding his death. Uh, Johnson 
had been playing for a few weeks at a country dance in a town about 15 miles from uh, Greenwood. According to one theory, Johnson was murdered by the jealous husband of a woman with whom he'd flirted with. And, uh, you know, Sonny Boy Williamson confirmed this. Or, you know, <laughs> so he says, I'm not calling uh, Sonny Boy a liar, but um, like I said, a lot of stories about Robert Johnson are apocryphal. <clears throat> when Johnson took the bottle that was offered to him, Williamson knocked it out of his hand, so he says, admonishing him for never taking a drink that a stranger has given you. Don't take candy from strangers, you know what I mean? And Johnson apparently replied, don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. Soon after, he was offered another poison bottle, accepted it, drank it, and that's how he went. While strychnine has been suggested as the poison that killed him, at least one scholar disputed it. Uh, Tom Graves relies on expert testimony from toxicologists to argue that strychnine has a distinctive odor and taste that would have been found out. Uh, more than likely, he was poisoned. Johnson may have had, and this is interesting, he had exceptionally long fingers. And if you notice the pictures that are confirmed to be of Robert Johnson, he had a droopy left eye. Uh, which may explain that he could have had Marfan syndrome, which could have both affected his guitar playing and contributed to his death due to aortic, aortic dissection. That's neither here nor there. <clears throat> we can't really hold to the we can't really hold the fact that uh, Robert Johnson was acting strangely and howling at things that weren't there. We have his music to go by, and we have the the facts that we could examine. The stories can't really hold any water. There were a lot of stories floating around at the time that he almost made him out to be some sort of a mythical figure, even when he was alive. So syphilis could explain some of that. We need to look at the facts as they are. He died at 27. We don't know exactly how. The music states that he uh, made his deal with the devil at the crossroads to become, you know, greatest blues player ever. And uh, came back with the mastery of the guitar and I stand beside this an impossible amount of time to do so. Which, you ask me, that's supernatural on its own. And I don't take that lightly. When a musician says mastery, they're not fucking around. <clears throat> and um, he's writing about the devil comes to listen to his songs. They're, uh, they're almost haunting to listen to. The things that he's singing about. And what's the blues based on? The old slave songs, the work songs, you know, stuff like that. His were different. He let it all hang out that he had made a pact with the devil. And the devil came to his home one day, said, hey, buddy, it's time to go. Robert Johnson didn't want, this is according to the songs, Robert Johnson really didn't feel that going. <laughs> and uh, the devil had sent his hounds after him. And he was being chased constantly trying to get out of his deal and knowing he never can. So literally travel, traveling around everywhere as fast and quick as he can, trying to outrun the devil himself. They're songs. So we can't take those as fact. Now, there's another strange coincidence involving Robert Johnson and the Mississippi Delta. There are other musicians that uh, have said that they've done the same thing. Bob Dylan, actually, being one of them. He has said in multiple interviews that he made a deal. He, he's very uh, he's very vague about it, saying that he made a deal with uh, somebody. Yeah, well, that's what he says. I made a deal with somebody that I'd become the 
you know, one of the greatest musicians that ever lived. I'm just holding up my end of the bargain. He said this when he was asked, you know, how are you still recording and touring after a 50 plus year career? And he said, I got a promise to keep. I have an end in his exact words. I'll have to track down the interview. If you look around, you'll find it. <clears throat> I have my end of the bargain to hold up. So there's uh, musicians that have said to do that, uh, you know, Paganini being one. This is this was no new story, even in Robert Johnson's time. And Paganini is not the only one. There are the deal with the devil is a story as old as the hills. What makes Robert Johnson stand out? Why do we always think of him? I think it's because of the fact that um, being a terrible musician and emerging, and I keep going back to that, but I'm telling you, that's supernatural on its own. So one of the weird coincidences is what you've heard of the 27 Club. Now, if we pull up another web browser here, type down 27 Club, people say part of the deal was Robert Johnson... Yeah, that he cut with the devil. He was going to die at the age of 27. And there are a lot of musicians, prominent ones, who have died at the age of 27 under some pretty odd circumstances, just like Robert himself. People who had become legends in their own right. And they think that this was either part of the deal or a way that the devil could prove to the world that, yes, it's me. You know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Something so coincidental, I had to be the devil, right? And that's just how the devil works. Now, the people who have died at the age of 27, um, it's been referenced in a lot of music, a lot of movies, stuff like that. It's quite the list. Alexandria LeVay. Uh, let's look at the uh, <clears throat> most notable 27-year-old deaths, which of, uh, might I mention, Robert Johnson was not the first one. There are at least five before him that died mysteriously at the age of 27. But, you know, let's just look at it. So, uh, Rockin' Robin Roberts, original member of the uh, Fabulous Whalers, if you remember, uh, died at the age of 27, car crash. Uh, Brian Jones, actually, drowned in a swimming pool. Coroner's report states death by misadventure. He was a Rolling Stones co-founder, guitarist, and multi-instrumentalist. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, asphyxiation. We all know that. Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Leslie Harvey, Ron Pigpen McKernan. Uh, who else? This is quite a list. Wow. Jacob Miller, D. Boone, uh, <laughs> Mia Zapata, Kurt Cobain, uh, Richie Edwards. Uh, <laughs> I'm just scrolling through the list here. That's a lot of them. Wow. <clears throat> Amy Winehouse is on here as well. Mm. Frito Santana. Oh, yeah, the rapper. Okay, yeah. So uh, there's quite the list. So we're looking at, you know, <laughs> Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse. Now, how, uh, how many musicians have died at not the age of 27? A lot. <laughs> Who were just as legendary as these guys, not diminishing what they've done. But we got to look at it, right? Prince, Michael Jackson, John Lennon. I, I want me to keep going? <laughs> John Bonham, Keith Moon. Uh, I'm just thinking of drummers because you know, for some reason I've top of my head. Like we mentioned Eddie Van Halen. There are some legends who did not die at the age of 27. 
So if the devil really wanted to make this known that, yeah, I did it, serendipity beyond the shadow of a doubt, I think he would have took a hell of a lot more people than even this extensive list. And we need to keep in fact that, you know, Robert Johnson is not the only guy, musician, legendary musician who died at the age of 27. I saw five names before his. So I think that's kind of bunk. I think that's just an odd coincidence. Well, that one we can scratch off. The thing that I keep holding to is that not only have other musicians alluded that they've done this themselves, and that's what they credit. Are they playing it up, you know, for the sake of people talking and writing articles? I would. <laughs> I would. The devil and rock and roll kind of go hand in hand. There's two things that kind of make me, make me go, hmm, with Robert Johnson. Number one is, like I've mentioned numerous times, the mastery of the guitar at uh, way too impossible a time frame. That's number one. And there's a story that you wouldn't think necessarily ties to Robert Johnson. As a matter of fact, I know it doesn't. But it raises an eyebrow because the fingerprint to me sounds the same. When Black Sabbath started, and if you watch uh, VH1's Heavy, The History of Metal, you'll see this entire story play out from the horse's mouth, Black Sabbath. So they were playing mostly bluesy kind of jazz stuff, some covers, you know, Black Sabbath. They really weren't the Black Sabbath we know and love today. And one day, uh, you know, Geezer said he was really into Satanism back then. Upside down crosses, walls painted black, pictures of Satan everywhere, you know. And he says, one day, Ozzy comes by and brings him this old book. It's all written in Latin. And Geezer said, I just had a really weird feeling about it, you know. <laughs> so he goes to bed that night. He's a little freaked out to read it. He just said he had an odd feeling about it. And he wakes up in the middle of the night, and there's this figure standing at the foot of his bed, just staring at him. Scared the shit out of him. Completely freaked him out. And uh, when he was able to move... It was just catatonic, this, you know, thing, this black malevolent thing just staring at him. And like I said with the Bob Lazar thing, you know when somebody's playing something up, I think that's just inherent. That's, that's just within everybody. If you toss all preconceived bullshit aside, I think it's in all of us that you really know when somebody's bullshitting or not. I looked in Geezer's eyes as he was telling the story. He's telling the truth. Or at least he maybe was dreaming or had a night terror or something. He really believes that this happened to him. That's his, that, that's a fucking truth to him. And I, I believe it balls to bones that that's what happened. Night terror, dream, waking dream, sleepwalking, what have you. It happened. So he got out of bed when he was able to and immediately wrote down the lyrics of Black Sabbath, which kick-started heavy metal. Uh, you know, a lot of people are credited with the invention of heavy metal. Everybody from the Beatles to Jimi Hendrix himself. <clears throat> but metal, real metal was born in that industrial fire bit uh, in Birmingham, England on a few ordinary days that had gone gruesomely wrong. And to the reason why that kind of bolsters <laughs> possibly this whole thing about Robert Johnson is because it sounds like the same deal to me, the same thing. The devil would have loved rock and roll, <laughs> heavy metal music. And eventually, one reason why I love the band Petra, Christian heavy metal band, one of the reasons why I love them is because when they started doing their music, they're kind of the Black Sabbath of Christian metal. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for them. I've seen them live like five, six times. They're amazing. It doesn't even sound like Christian music. It's fucking awesome. I love Petra. 
And uh, they were told when they first started, no, you can't do this. What are you doing? Now, this is like devil music. You can't do heavy metal. What are you, crazy? And they said probably the smartest thing that I've ever heard any band say ever when confronted like this. They said, well, why should the devil have all the cool music? How savage is that? <laughs> That's awesome. So I think that um, <clears throat> if the devil created rock and roll, if the devil created heavy metal, God said, no, nah, I can use this too. <laughs> you might not like every kind of music, but old God does. It just sounds like the fingerprint of the devil to me. That uh, music would be something that he would use to influence people. I don't know. Am I getting to um, <laughs> supposedly here? Maybe. But it 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 kind of sounds like the fingerprint of the same entity to me. Do I... I mean, considering the content of the songs, the, the legend about the crossroads, Bob Dylan saying he did it himself. And look who Bob Dylan is. <laughs> Just this... Uh, Kid who his story mirrors Robert Johnson's quite a bit, and we don't have to go back to the 30s to prove the point. He was, uh, he would, he, he was known to play at parties and stuff like that. He was a good singer, but not all that great a guitar player. And then he comes back within a, a span of days, days, and he's freaking people out, changes his name, becomes one of the greatest musicians of all time. The name was Robert Zimmerman, I think, by the way. But uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's a weird story, and I think it's easily played up. <laughs> it makes people talk, which uh, uh, gives you a press as a musician. There's no such thing as bad publicity, I guess. Did Robert Johnson sell his soul to become the greatest blues musician of all time? Do I believe that? There was a time I did, but there's just not enough there. I, I, there's just not enough there. I think a lot of things about Robert Johnson are legends. Uh, I think now, now listen to me here. I'm not totally going to debunk this with using my common sense brain and really looking at it as much as I want to believe not in the devil, <laughs> but as much as I want to believe in that supernatural meeting, don't sell your soul to the devil kids. I'm sure it's a thing. I believe that the devil exists, but, uh, that's not something you want to play with. And maybe these stories are invented, you know, to sway people from that, to dissuade them from, you know, doing that for real. But if it if the devil is real, which I believe he is, would he do something like this? Well, yeah, <laughs> he would make his deals, which may give some credence to the Robert Johnson thing. But if we look at just real world, you know, like facts that we can handle and touch and really examine. A lot of these stories are legendary. The simply that, that's it. We don't know how he died, so we can't come to any conclusions there, period. We can't take anything as fact as far as him walking around on all fours, barking like a dog, denouncing Christ or accepting Christ on, as he died, which there's stories that go both ways. We won't know until, oh, excuse me, <laughs> acid reflux. We won't know until... You get to your respective afterlife, and if you meet Robert Johnson, send me back a letter. Let me know if you go before me. If I go before you, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's the only way we're going to find out. But uh, the content of the music is really strange, and it's kind of haunting listening to those albums. 
Is he the greatest guitar player who ever lived? If these guys says he is, then he fucking is. We can take that as a fact. That is a fact. He is one of the greatest, if not the greatest musician that ever walked this earth. The 27 Club thing, I don't buy it. It's weird. It's coincidental. But a lot of musicians who were just as legendary did not kick it off at 27. <laughs> That's not the age of the rock star. That was something that just bolstered, you know, it's just one, it's a cool story, you know. It's a neat thing to kind of link together. And yeah, a lot of these 27 clubbers died in some pretty odd circumstances. But what fucking rock star hasn't? Really? Look at that. Rock stars live some uh, pretty wild and incredible lives. Their deaths are the same way. <laughs> pretty, pretty nuts. Well, the only thing we could look at is fact. Robert Johnson was no real musician at a point. Confirmed. Not apocryphal. Confirmed. And we don't only have Sonny Boy to listen to this. You know, <laughs> we don't only have Sonny Boy to use as a, as a resource here. Robert Johnson was playing crowded places. And at the time that his uh, resurgence and his music started coming back, he can go to any street corner in Mississippi and say, hey, you remember that Robert Johnson kid? Yeah, how was he on the guitar when he started? Oh, terrible. <laughs> we know for a fact that within just a span of a couple years, he came back a master. It takes a lifetime for another musician of that caliber I'm talking Keith Richards, Eddie Van Halen, those kind of people, Eric Clapton, to call you a master. That alone should raise an eyebrow. That is an impossibility, I'm telling you. Did, did Robert Johnson sell his soul to the devil? Uh, me being what I believe, my own personal beliefs, I do believe someone can do that. If you have something that the devil wants, if it's something that the devil can use, to bolster his influence, to spread his influence, to make people denounce God, to put doubt in the hearts of men, he would do it. And he would make that deal. It wouldn't end up in your favor very well, but he would do it. Did Robert Johnson do it? Uh, that That's a tough one, man. There was a long time where I thought so, but I think the legendary aspect of it the uh, tall tale aspect of it far outweighs the evidence that he actually met the devil himself at a crossroads, gave the devil his guitar, the devil tuned it, played it, handed it back to him, instant mastery. However, I am telling you that something with Robert Johnson is supernatural. I am a musician <laughs> and I know musicians. I know how they talk. The legendary musicians, they don't, use certain words like this lightly words like mastery best they don't use words like this lightly and i don't either because i've been playing for over 20 years and mastery means something different to me than another word that anybody else would just throw around i wish that i could have heard robert johnson when he was younger because we can prove that that he wasn't all that great something strange occurred with Robert Johnson. I'm telling you, as I'm sitting here, was it the devil? There's not enough evidence there to prove that, obviously. But it's something, something strange did happen. And there's 
stories that, again, apocryphal, they're stories that Robert Johnson would hang out with people like Tommy Johnson, who was also known to have sold his soul to the devil, and they would go out at night and play alone in graveyards. They would practice in graveyards as to either not to be disturbed or kind of play up their own respective legends, whatever. Maybe that's where a lot of this came from. But something about Robert's John Robert Johnson's talent, his playing, his songwriting ability, his guitar ability alone. If you listen to some of these old records, he's doing things that you weren't going to hear for another 40, 50 years. And I'm not shitting you. There is something very strange about Robert Johnson's playing. Those records, it, even if you don't know the legend, you're thinking there's something deeply kind of haunting about these recordings and you can't really put your finger on it. There's just something there. It's really strange. It's like listening to a ghost. And essentially you are because the man has been dead for quite some time, but it's different than that. There's an underlying strangeness to those albums. Maybe it's the content that kind of subliminally does shit to you. I don't know. But what I do know is that Robert Johnson's ability, something happened there. Something strange. Take that as it is. <laughs> What's your opinion? Let me know. Let me know in the comments section below. Let me know what you think about Robert Johnson. Do you believe he really sold his soul to the devil? Or do you think it's all coincidence? Do you think it's all legend? Let me know. It'll be a part of the discussion. Also, go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com. There's a comments and uh, you know stuff thing that you could fill out there on the website as well. So if you have a, your hat that you want to throw into the ring, I'll read it on the next episode of Strange Places. Let me know. It'd, like, uh, it'd be cool to see what every, what well, your guys' opinion is. So that's it for this episode of Strange Places. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, will we run out of Strange Places one day? I don't know. <laughs> After we've tackled all these really big famous ones? Maybe. But let me tell you something. Every town has a strange place. And maybe one day... We'll visit yours. <laughs>